On this edition of the Marcus Wall Show, we're hopping across the pond to talk Wimbledon, golf notes, Guardian baseball insights, rookies and bookies in preseason NBA, Brittany's back, we'll talk about it. Plus, the MLB winding their first half ahead of the dog days to come. All of this and so much more is coming up on the Marcus Wall Show, and it starts right now. Clear the mechanism. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in South Carolina needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome in and thanks for joining us on this edition of the Marcus Walsh Show from the Bat Cave. Marcus Walsh, Kevin Libby will be alongside shortly on this Saturday. And uh, tell you what, Wimbledon is getting hot. That's actually where we're starting today. And on the guys' side, there is not much going on in terms of the names that you would recognize for the action today. And uh, for tomorrow, it looks very much the same, at least in, in terms of, of names that that you may or may not be used to. I'm not used to any of these names, to be completely honest. Going to be pretty interesting to see how things shake out this year. Let's, uh, let's check out the women's side of things real quick. And see if there's a little bit more to update as far as that goes on the the women's side. And I don't really see a whole lot of names that I that I know. I did I do see Coco Goff. And uh, this is in singles or doubles action. So she is she's in it. And we'll see uh, how she ends up doing. Along the, the stretch run here, looks like she is just in doubles action. And again, things are just getting started within this week of uh, women's and men's action at Wimbledon. It's a two-week event. It's one of the biggest tournaments of the year in in England. Chris Fowler, uh, the McEnroe brothers, a whole bunch of others on site. Chris McKendry, you name it, they're there. So it's just to, to get you guys I guess excited for those of you that are tennis fans that are also fans of the Marcus Wall Show to uh, to check out Wimbledon coverage on ESPN, ESPN2, and the like. Uh, BBC, as I reported a couple of weeks ago, doing some stuff as well. And, uh, and a whole lot more going on as time continues with Wimbledon. Again, just getting underway this week. So actually, there's not really all that much to report as far as that goes yet but things may indeed change as uh, as the times change within the next couple of weeks as far as the tournament at Wimbledon moving on to the PGA Tour um, Adam Schenk is not shanking he's actually leading at 14 under Alex Smalley Kevin Yu Brendan Todd at 13 under Peter 
Quest at 12 under. This is the John Deere Classic in Silvis, Illinois, TP, uh, TPC Deer Run, and it's currently in progress on ESPN+. Plus. CBS will have coverage here in just a little bit. Um, Denny McCarthy, 12 under. Mark Hubbard at 11 under. Some, some big names. Bo Hosler at 10 under. Uh, Lucas Glover at 10 under, just to name a few. So things are well underway. And uh, right now, Smalley and Shank, again with the 14 under lead, sticking with golf. I happen to see something that I haven't addressed too much in terms of the golf world, but there's something with Liv that I, that I saw that I definitely want to address it's something that has definitely made an impact on my life, um, especially recently, and I want to definitely uh, talk a little bit about it as soon as it comes up here. Um, Brooks Kepka, who one of the leaders, of course, of Live, is accusing, and this courtesy of the Associated Press uh, via ESPN.com. He's associate, or he's accusing teammate Matthew Wolf of quitting in terms of these competitions. Again, they're 54 holes, three days as opposed to 72. There's less tournaments, um, more money. Obviously, we've talked about the ramifications and this, that, and the other of uh, you know what Liv has done, and now the PGA has ended up, you know coming back and saying we will partner with you and and both sides have decided to partner with each other um out of Hertfordshire England again courtesy of the Associated Press through ESPN.com Brooks Kepka has accused live golf teammate Matthew Wolf of quitting on the course telling Sports Illustrated he has quote basically given up on him end quote Wolf won his third start as a pro on the PGA Tour in 2019 joined Live Golf last year and plays for Smash, the team captained by Brooks Kepka. He's finished out of the top 30 against 48-man fields in the past five events, including a withdrawal. Kepka also said, quote, I mean, when you quit on your round, you give up and stuff like that, that's not competing, end quote. He said, I'm not a big fan of it. You don't work hard, it's very tough. Very tough to even like a team dynamic when you've got one guy that won't work, one guy that's not going to give any effort. He's going to quit on the course, break clubs, get down, have bad body language. It's very tough. He said he's got a lot of talent, but a lot of that talent is wasted. He won, as Matthew Wolf did, won the Jack Nicholas Award as the nation's best player in college as a sophomore at Oklahoma State in 2019, turned pro, won his third start on the PGA Tour at the 3M Open, and had a 54-hole lead at the 2020 U.S. Open at winning foot before chasing or before closing rather, with a 75 to be runner-up to Bryson DeChambeau. He began to struggle, took a two-month break in 2021 to address his mental health. He signed with the Saudi Arabia-backed LIV Live Golf a year later. He withdrew before the final round of Live Golf outside of the Live Golf event outside of Washington last month with an undisclosed injury. He was partially removed from Smash social media pages. 
Wolf has told Sports Illustrated he's trying to do what he can to, quote, play the best golf and play the best round of golf that's going to help his team, end quote. Asked if he wanted to be on another team, and Wolf just simply stared, shook his head, and walked off, Sports Illustrated reported. Liv is playing outside of London this week. Wolf is 25th in point standings. And I say this, and I wanted to bring this up, <laughs> incidentally, um, she has the last name. It's spelled, she has the same last name. It's spelled a little bit different. But I wanted to bring this up because of the fact that I've been around mental health more um, and, and much more with the fact that I uh, am in the relationship that I'm in with, uh, with Sam. And I've mentioned Sam before. Um, I, I just, and I know Brooks Kepka has had his, his stuff and, and Bryson DeChambeau has had their stuff. They've, they've gone and, and talked um, ab- about things with, with Liv and why they did it, and all the players have, of course. But I do not care for, and I understand he's the leader of this team, if that's, that's the way they're doing it, and that's the way they are doing it. But I do not care for this feeling of just absolutely withdrawing from somebody. And I'm, I'm talking about Brooks Kepka saying, I have a problem with Matthew Wolf. I've given up on him. That's not good. There, there are issues with folks. We get it. It's, it's okay to not be okay, we get it. It's even better to communicate when things are not going okay. Absolutely. That that goes for anybody, myself included. But to just say that you're going to give up on somebody because he's having a tough time, I'm not for that. I understand that things are tough, and Matthew Wolf might be throwing clubs. He might not. Again, this is just one side of a two-sided story. He might be throwing clubs. He might not. He definitely has some things that he's working through. But I just wish that Brooks Kepka and even members of that team would go about things a little bit differently. There's a lot at stake other than just playing golf especially when you're talking about somebody as high-profiled as Matthew Wolf is, who has, apparently, and I, and I wasn't sure of this until reading this article yesterday, but apparently he has some definite issues with his mental health. Come on, Brooks. Just be there for him. For crying out loud, be there for him. That's all I have to say on that. So, wanted to bring that to everybody's attention, and especially with the fact that, again, the PGA and Liv are combined, and, and they're going to be doing more things together. Um, it, it certainly makes sense that, uh, that this has hit, you know, a lot of the mainstream media and, and that type of thing. And, and with the connections that I have, not, not just Sam, but other connections that I have, I, I felt this was definitely something very important to talk about. And, uh, and so I wanted to. 
Moving on to the Cleveland Guardians. <clears throat> boy, oh boy. They're they're hanging afloat. They they've won the first two games against Kansas City, who's a 25-win team, they should. And they're they're making it work in the minors, and I'm talking a little bit more minors as well, but in the minors, you've got Oscar Gonzalez. He has been on fire as of late. He got he had that great season last year, very slow start this year, was sent to the minors, hasn't been back since. We'll see if that changes in the second half of the year because he is swinging the bat really, really well. Cal Quantrill and, and Tristan McKenzie out of the starting rotation. They are both hurt. Um, so the starting rotation currently looks like this with Shane Bieber in, in no particular order. Shane Bieber, Tanner Bybee, uh, Gavin Williams, Aaron Savali, who pitched yesterday and was outstanding, and he's been back for a few weeks now, and he's looking as good as ever. And then Cody Morris is actually taking the spot of Cal Quantrill, who came back, made two starts. He started the other night, struggled. Started against Chicago last Friday, struggled, and then was put back on the IL. Um, Jose Ramirez has been great. Josh Naylor has been great. And Jose Ramirez likely hasn't even been as good as he can be, but he's been very good. Josh Naylor, huge cog in this offense, but Josh Bell needs to get it going offensively, especially. He had a huge two-run homer last night to give the Guardians runs two and three. They ended up winning three-nothing thanks to Aaron Savali. Incredible. Uh, Tyler Tyler Stephan, Trevor, Trevor Stephan. Worked the eighth inning, incredible. And then Emmanuel Classe finished it out. He needs to get in a little bit better form as well, in my opinion. But as long as Naylor can stay healthy, you can continue to get what you're getting from a lot of these guys, in particularly Ramirez. Um, Andres Jimenez needs to find a way to get it going as well. Ahmed Rosario, you kind of have what you have with him. It's been kind of topsy-turvy. Um Miles Straw's been very good. I really like the rotation they've got in right field, um, primarily with Will Brennan, but David Fry can play just about anywhere. He's been playing really well both offensively and defensively as of late after a couple of really tough goes at it uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's starting to get more acclimated and play a lot more in a multiple you know, infield, outfield, utility role. It's great to see. And um, so there are a lot of really good pieces, obviously, with him behind the plate, he's doing better there than uh, than some of the others. You you certainly have Zanino, who's gone. Um, and then you've got Cam Gallagher, who's doing some things behind the plate, trying to get out of some funks. This is around a 500 ball club, and it's a good thing that they uh, certainly play in a division that's the weakest division in all of baseball. And you got Minnesota, who's a little bit ahead of them. We'll get into the standings and more news and notes with Kevin here in just a little while. But you've, you've got all those things just to say that they still have a chance to get in as a wild card. They have a chance to get in and win the division as well. Um, their chances of winning the division, the division right now, look a lot better than a wild card spot. But they're in the, they're in the thick of it. They're in the hunt of the American League. And if they continue doing what they're doing, got two more games with Kansas City and then the All-Star break. And uh, 
and then they take on Pittsburgh and Texas to open up the second half of the year on the road. So going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens there, and and we'll uh, we'll go from there and certainly have much more Guardians baseball to talk about. I think there were a couple other things that I wanted to mention just briefly in this monologue. Um, we will talk about the situation again with Britney Spears and some NBA stuff. Um, oh my, yes, uh, Pat Fitzgerald suspended by Northwestern after an inquiry of hazing. That's a two-week suspension. He's coached since 2006, this courtesy of Adam Rittenberg, ESPN senior writer on ESPN.com. And there were there was evidence to support the claim of prob, uh, problematic conduct. He's been the coach since 2006. Will begin his un, unpaid suspension uh, as of yesterday. And Northwestern is not set to start preseason practices until early August. And... Other measures, including no more off-campus practices in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where the team has been for years, uh, that that was definitely big. And it's just something that you don't really think of much when you think of Pat Fitzgerald. Um, it's hazing that they're talking about, and hopefully they can get things going and, and get things back in the right direction because that's a that's a pretty serious thing when you talk about new guys coming in trying to to make their way onto a football team that has been pretty competitive overall in the Big Ten West uh, for for several years. And the hope is that they can just take care of the issue, whether they have to, you know, get uh, lawyers or whomever involved, that type of thing. Hopefully they can take care of the issue and get back to, to being just the, the, bat, uh, the, uh, the football program that they are, which is obviously – a pretty good one nationwide, for sure. Um, got some NBA movement to talk about as well. Wanted to finish off the monologue talking about a former player, um, a former champion, and women's basketball Hall of Famer Nikki McRae Penson passing away at 51. She helped lead, courtesy of ESPN.com, she helped lead the famed 1996 Olympic team that started the United States' current run of seven consecutive gold medals. Um, She died at 51. It was announced on Friday. She starred for the Tennessee Lady Vols in the 90s in her native state of Tennessee before playing in the ABL and WNBA and later becoming a college basketball head coach. She served as the women's assistant basketball coach last season for Rutgers, which um, they ended up confirming her passing. Cause of death not been announced yet. Her husband, she and her husband, have a son, Thomas Jr., who turned 10 in February. Oh, man. that's And there were so many people, uh, including Dawn Staley, giving her support. And she just sounded like a, a really great lady. Uh, my thoughts and, and prayers to the McCray Pinson family. McCray Penson family, rather. Heck of a heck of a player and a heck of a heck of a person for women's college basketball, no doubt about that. Um, also I happen to see that Megan uh, Rapino or Rapino is set to retire at the end of the two thousand twenty three season. And uh, she's gonna be calling it a career from the game of soccer 
for the U.S. at the end of 2023. That'll do it for this segment, the monologue segment. When we come back, Kevin will join me. We will talk the NBA news shifts. We've got a lot of juicy stuff to talk about with the Summer League. We're talking MLB news and uh, and standings and a whole lot more. Kevin joins me next as the Marcus Walsh Show from the Batcave rolls on. We're talking about the same old faces in very new places today. Stick around. Larry and Tyler Brown have the voiceovers and the tunes for you. Much more of the Marcus Walsh Show is coming up. The music you hear on the Marcus Walsh Show is provided courtesy of TBMM Productions, Tyler Brown Multimedia, for all things low country. Dial 843-715-1935. Welcome back into the Marcus Walsh Show here on this Saturday. We are in the month of July. Happy belated 4th to everybody. Hope everybody had a great Independence Day. Um, boy, the sun. Down, down here, it's it's steamy. It's hot. It's, uh, it's raining right now as we are recording this. I'll bring Kevin in in a second, but there's something that I want to talk about because I don't think I quite, <laughs> I don't think I quite talked enough about the other side. I, I was so on the side of Matthew Wolf and the fact that he's going through some stuff right now, and I wish that Brooks Kepka would have handled it a little bit differently. In no way, shape, or form, if this is true, am I a fan of throwing clubs? No way. Uh-uh. I'm not. Um, again, it's just one side of the story, but I wanted to make that perfectly clear. I've been playing golf for good grief, uh, 15 or so years now. I've been watching golf for about 30. I have family, including my dad specifically, who's been around the game for a really, really long time. It, it takes me back to thinking about when, uh, Johnny Manziel played golf there were reports of him playing golf with his dad and being a sore loser and just throwing clubs all over the place if if my dad saw me throw clubs he wouldn't want to play with me so in no way shape or form if that's what happened am i a fan of matthew wolf throwing clubs but there's a little bit of an issue here apparently and i think that brooks kepka and the rest of the team within that that live team that they're a part of need to see that and need to be there a little bit more for Matthew Wolf based off what I'm what I'm talking about based off what I've read and that type of thing again it's just one side to the story but it's a very important side that needs to be taken very very seriously and not just at face value so with that being said welcome back in segment two Marcus Kevin Larry and Tyler Brown multimedia alongside with the voiceovers and the tunes for you here on, again, this Saturday in the month of July. Kevin, how was your fourth? Marcus, it was nice. I mean, I got some sun, just like you. Me too. We had some heat here in the low country, but that's also just how we like it. That's right. Had a, had a great time beachside, uh, hanging out at Jamaica Joe's Beach Bar with, with Sam and a couple of friends, a former neighbor and, and friend, actually the, the guy Jay Quigley. J.P. Quigley, yo, what up, um, in case he listens to this. Your matchmaker, matchmaker? Yes, indeed. Uh, and and then a, a neighbor of mine, and there were no flyovers on Tuesday. We were, we were out there looking for them, 
but there weren't any because of the thunder and whatnot. I guess it rained here. It never rained on the island, but my dad said that it did rain here, and because with the sea six, the sea by the seashore, seventeen by the by the seashore is where you find the, them seashells. That's right. Yeah, but the sea seventeens, not to be confused with other seventeens, and John Havlicek, Hondo. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then the F-16s. The Hornet? The the flyover. Yeah, Alonzo Morning. Alonzo Morning, the it Hornet. Didn't, I, I'm not getting the reference. F-16, you're called the Hornet, I thought. Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying. Swing yeah, and a miss. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, but the F-16s and the F-17, the F-16s and the C-17 planes that fly over for the 4th of July um, didn't happen on on Tuesday here because of the weather. Again, it didn't rain on the island, but apparently it rained here. But it was a, a great fourth. Got to hang out with friends, and uh, I really enjoy what the what the day was all about, regardless of not seeing the flyovers. I know. just awesome. Around the 1 o'clock hour, 1.31 and uh, 1.48 were the two times for the F-16 and C-17s to fly over Folly Field Beach. However, you saw them fireworks, or did you just hear them fireworks? We saw, we didn't go anywhere to see them, but we did see some that were around the Hilton Head Beach and Tennis area. Um, We went down by the beach, and there were a bunch of people there. So we spent about 15 minutes down there, just checking them out for a few minutes. The bugs kind of got bad, started getting bit and whatnot. So we were there for a few minutes, and it was just great to, to be there. Um, and I'm sure you saw some fireworks in your own right on Tuesday, uh, one way or another here in Bluffton. I heard them. I was tuckered out from all that sunshine. I, okay. I heard them. I got you. Stayed into us. There you go. Um, let's start off with, uh, with some stuff in terms of the Summer League with you. And uh, nine points scored by Victor Webanyama in his Summer League debut with the Spurs, this courtesy of Yahoo Sports and Ryan Young. He started his career on Friday night, last night. Bit of a slow start in front of a sold-out crowd at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, home of UNLV. Scoring nine, nine points, eight rebounds, five blocks, and Webb and Yama shot just two of 13 from the field for about 15%. 76-68 the final, San Antonio over Charlotte. Wow. I mean, slow start points-wise. Good that he was able to do some other things for sure in the category of, you know, rebounds and, and that type of thing. And, and he'll, he'll get it, but, yeah, a little bit of a slow night last night for Victor Webanyama. You never know what you're getting when you're watching the Summer League. It's not an indication of who's going to be good or not. But uh, I will say there was one time he went up for a block, and I watched him come down. And I said, oh, them gams, them legs. I'm worried about someone that tall landing properly. I think that what – in all seriousness, Marcus, can I t- t- go off on Wemby? Well, I know we'll get – Sure, and, and, and if you don't mind me just saying first, it's a lot of the deal. Obviously, he's a lot bigger, albeit a little bit shorter. But that's the same thing with Zion Williamson, being as tall as he is and as big as he is with – the lower body in particular. Yeah, and wearing whatever kind but of... But it, it is a little bit of a different scenario because of how tall Webanyama is as opposed to his weight. Physically imposing people. With, 
great comp because, you know, we're talking about a kid who's like 7'3", seven, 7'4". Seven, what I'm saying is they're not protecting him. Already off the bat, they're not protecting him. They throw him in the jersey. They have him come out, and it's a private event, which I'm sure was not supposed to be leaked, but you get a little media on him missing jump shots in front of the fans. And that's how he's getting exposed to start. And then they got him in his first rookie summer camp game. I know he's coming off EuroLeague where he can do every once. But hopping like that in the paint when you're that big to me is a quick way to injure your legs and be out. And the study for me on this was watching Big Al Horford get signed by my Celtics coming off Atlanta, where Big Al figured out at six foot ten, really probably six nine, how to be a big without really jumping to contest shots. Because if you jump to contest and you land wrong, then that could be the kind of lower body stuff that gets you out for a while. Yeah. And when you're big, that stuff's come back. And you think of a guy, I talk a lot about him certainly in his days at Texas and then <clears throat> with Seattle where he started, Oklahoma City and all the other teams that he's been at now, I'm talking about Kevin Durant. He's another comp like that because he's tall and he's grown into his body, of course, throughout his NBA career. He didn't like being called the Slim Reaper? Nah. Victor Webanyama reminds me a lot of the physique that Kevin Durant had. Kevin's a little bit shorter and and maybe a little bit heavier, maybe, especially he was, now. Yeah. But when he came out into the NBA out of Texas, he was he was pretty much like a stick. I think Seattle's fan base has to be the most disappointed base. It's like, imagine in Cleveland, if you drafted LeBron and then you moved the team to Baltimore, <laughs> you know, it'd be a heartbreaking thing. Uh, yeah, he looks incredible. He had a four-point play last night. And, and oh, wow. Yeah, like, it's just stuff you don't expect from a center. Um, remarkable movement, remarkable hands, passing is incredible. It's all the things you dream of, but again, to me, it's like 19, you got to protect them. Media stuff, again, they threw that like crappy public, you know, private event out where that was his first exposure to American media was missing jump shots, which is not his, you know, get some protection around your uh, publicist, whoever can take care of you, maybe a security guard with a little more experience in American culture. But we can transition to Britney's back, baby. <laughs> Holy smokes, this story is just wild and wacky. Um,. No charges in Spears-Wemby interaction, courtesy of ESPN.com. It's on Twitter. If if you want to watch it, you can watch the video. She runs up behind Wemby. She grabs him uh, above the elbow to just get his attention. She's a fan. It's Las Vegas, Nevada. She's Britney Spears. She's probably in residence there or just being Britney Spears. I would have to think so. Yeah, also this is America where, like, Britney Spears is a known quantity. But this kid's 19 years old and he's French. He may or may not recognize uh, my age, Britney Spears. So, long story short, Wemby doesn't even react. Um, If you haven't seen the video, basically one of his security guys just kind of whacks her in the face. And Britney's clearly very embarrassed. Um... And then in the video I watched, someone clearly says, that's Britney Spears. And uh, anywho, just, again, embarrassing for Britney, inappropriate by American standards for how you would, as a security guard, react to anyone, never mind a woman who weighs like 120 pounds. Um, excessive force, obviously, but um, yeah. Britney, back in the news, headlines. I'm going to say what I should have said wow. in the beginning. Um, I'm going to leave Britney alone. Yeah. No doubt. You never know who you're going to run into. You never know what situation is going to arise. Holy smokes. 
I have some sympathy for everyone involved. I have sympathy right. for Britney sure. being an excited fan and an American superstar who's in, uh, very accustomed to being able to run up to other celebrities. I have a lot of sympathy for someone in a foreign country trying to do their job well. Um, at the same time, what a moment to kick off the career of Victor Wembanyama. Oh, boy. What a moment, indeed. Wish that things would have shook out a little bit better for him, but nevertheless. Um, How are they going for your kid from Ohio State? Because after one game, they said he's a bust. Second yeah, overall I, pick. I haven't, I haven't, haven't had a chance up yet. to watch any NBA. Because right. we, we can't get past uh, NBA Summer League without discussing that Scoot looks awesome. Again, it's only Summer League, but right. Scoot, it's like, oh, okay. I get why Dame thinks he might have a uh, loss of job. Yeah. You want to talk about the trades at all? The potential, obviously, Dame with a trade request. Yeah, we, we definitely should get into that. Um, there was some extra movement in the NBA. Mm, with, that's in with, the title. With draft picks um, that I want to get to as soon as it loads. Is that like in the movies, though, when they say the title of the movie in the movie? The Bad Day to Die Hard, stuff like that? Uh, I'm not sure. It's a good day to Marcus Wall show. Yeah, right. Um, let's see. Same old faces with very new places. That's what we're talking about. The trades that, uh, that ended up going down, the Suns acquired three second round picks, um, in, in the, uh, the situation here with, with the deal. I believe it was with the Grizzlies, if memory serves, having a little bit of a, Difficult time loading this thing. NBA is pretty much the same. Nothing really big. Dame on the block is interesting. Where might he go? I mean, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I think Miami might be a great spot for him. Bienvenidos a Miami. I think Philadelphia would be intriguing. Philadelphia um, freedom. Good old Elton John there. Uh Will, Will Smith and Elton John, you know, combining their forces with those those hits. Can they attract a dame? Eh? There ain't nothing like a dame. Eh? Nothing in the world. I, I tell you, dame can hit from everywhere. I don't know if we're kind of making an allusion to a, a fancy girl by saying dame. I'm out of joke allusions, but dame's really good at basketball, and I sure want him on my team. Oh, absolutely. Very, dame is very attractive. He's He's got everything that you would want, and he's been in Portland for so long, he's... You know, played with some great players. C.J. McCollum, uh, certainly one of them, out of Canton, Ohio. Um, you know, some others as well. And it, it's been a, a pretty good team that's gotten to the uh, Western Conference Finals a time or two. They've gotten through to some various situations in the playoffs. But honestly, I don't blame him for wanting to leave and see some greener pastures somewhere else, whether it's Miami, Philadelphia, you name it. Both those teams are contenders in the East, for sure, in my opinion. Um, Going to be really interesting. And this was the Grizzlies. Finally, this popped up. Um, There's tourists around, Marcus. People are using that data, our yeah. local data. It's <laughs> precious. Courtesy of Adrian Wojnarowski, senior NBA writer for ESPN.com. After the Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal blockbusters cleaned out the Phoenix Suns' coffers of any controllable draft picks through the 2030 season. The franchise acquired three future second-round picks in a trade with the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday, uh, sources told ESPN. 
Grizzlies are sending 2025 second round pick via the New Orleans Pelicans and their own second rounders in 2028 and 2029. That according to sources. The second rounders give the Suns some players to use in future trades or even to draft themselves. The Suns sent the next the Suns sent the Nets four unprotected first round picks and a 2028 pick swap in the Durant deal before the trade. The Suns had zero control uh, over picks through 2030, first or second round. The cost to the Suns will be forward Isaiah Todd, first round pick swapped in 2024 and 2030, sources tell ESPN. The Grizzlies will have the right in those years to swap their own first for lesser of the Suns, Washington Wizards' first round selections, sources say. The Suns traded the Wizards six, uh, six future second-round picks and six first-round pick swaps in the Bradley Beal deal. And Darko Sarcic agrees to a one-year deal with the Wizard uh, with the Warriors as of uh, earlier. And then is it the top one that you're saying there, Kev? Well, if you want your latest trades, according to ESPN.com, this is where they publish um, everything off the wire. But... It's just interesting. And Thunder trading Matt Patty Mills to the Hawks. If you want to do your burning through on these guys, like obviously everybody's just trying to get underneath that second apron. That's why second round picks are remarkably valuable. Yeah. So Patty Mills to the Hawks. Oklahoma City gets Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, Rudy Gay, a second round pick. And Atlanta gets Patty Mills. The, uh, the Grizzlies and Suns trade swap I just mentioned about. Uh, the Kings get Durante, uh, or Duarte, rather, from the Pacers. Apologize for that. Indiana gets 2028 second-round pick via the Dallas Mavericks. 2030 second-round pick via the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento gets Chris Duarte. The Celtics send Williams to the Mavs. We, I don't think, talked about this, but Grant Williams... And two second-round picks via San Antonio. Boston gets two second-round picks via Dallas. San Antonio gets Reggie Bullock and a 2030 swap rights via Dallas. Uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. heading to the L.A. Clippers from the Houston Rockets. Houston gets two first-round picks. Could that be the Harden move? Are they making space for Harden? It could be. James Harden could end up heading back there. He opted in, but does he want to trade? Damian Jones going to the Cleveland Cavaliers from the Utah Jazz. And then the Knicks, there are all these moves that I'm just thinking of now. Um, you know, reading off these, the Knicks get Obi Toppin. And, or the rather, the Pacers get Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks. The Knicks get two future second-round picks. And then the Cavaliers kept on doing some things, getting Max Strews for a future second-round pick, uh, the Miami Heat get that. San Antonio, this was a three-team deal. Get C.D. Osman, was a great player for Cleveland. Lamar Stevens, and a future second-round pick. And then the Heat send Victor Oladipo to Oklahoma City. What Heat culture? And the Heat get draft compensation and trade exceptions. Monte Morris goes to Detroit from Washington. Washington gets a second-round pick. Trade exception. The Nets... Send Harris, as in Joe Harris, former Cleveland Cavalier, to the Pistons. Uh, Brooklyn gets a trade exception. 
The Nets get Harris and a 2027 second-round pick via Dallas, a 2029 second-round pick via Milwaukee. Rudy Gay goes to Atlanta along with a future second-round pick. Utah gets John Collins, forward center. And there's, there's even more down the pike, too. Atlanta and Boston making moves. Atlanta looking to get Muhammad Gear and a, a number 39 overall pick, or he was that. Boston getting a second-round pick in 2027. This might happen. Well, they're saying this was your. This is their draft night coverage. They transitioned into so. Okay. These are their draft night trades, and they're saying um, basically the Celtics traded back twice, and then they took a kid out of Arkansas. But this is again, they're 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 wrapping it all down. Um, you hit all of them, Marcus. That's all the yeah. stuff that's happened since the last show. Holy smokes! A lot of stuff over the last couple of weeks, NBA wise. Brittany doing, getting fresh with with some folks and. Tell you what. I hope I didn't hurt any feelings. I hope nothing I said was toxic. To be clear, Marcus and I are big Britney Spears fans. We are. And again, what I saw in that video, which is on Twitter, it's publicly available, is Britney getting embarrassed by a what appears to me to be a cultural uh, problem. And also some maybe toxic masculinity. But Britney, once again, leading us into a new age by being Britney Spears. For sure. Britney's back, y'all. Millennium's new, and this time it's Britney Menium. I feel like that makes sense to <laughs> me, at least. Yeah. Um, there is a college basketball note that I will want to get into, but we've got MLB and certainly a few other things to, uh, to talk about as well. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got much more straight ahead here on the Marcus Wall Show. We'll be right back after you hear this. Timeout. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back into the Marcus Wall Show as we're talking about old faces in very new places. The same old faces in very new places here on this edition. In this case, they're getting on bases. That's true because we're about ready to talk baseball. And the playoff races. Yeah, it's it's winding down the first half, so we got a long way to go. But you're right. And I talked about the Guardians and the fact that, you know, they're in, they're in the thick of it. They're in the hunt for the American League Central. And I talked about their starting rotation. I talked about some things that, that are going on. I forgot to mention the George Valera issue, an incident that he had with the umpire, um, some pushing and shoving going back and forth, which turned into a little bit of a brawl between the Nashville Sound and the Columbus Clippers. Not sure how I feel about George Valera, you know, getting getting after it with an umpire, but, you know, you'll, you'll have that from, uh, from time to time. But Cleveland Guardians are right in the, the hunt and the, uh, the middle of it. They're going to have to keep guys healthy, keep things rolling. Who knows if they'll see Tristan McKenzie pitch throughout the regular season, you know, with the fact that he has decided to shut it down for a while to avoid the Tommy John surgery for now with his elbow issue. Cal Quantrill comes back, and he was lit up like a firework on uh, – 
his two starts coming back against Chicago and then uh, and then pitching the other day as well against Atlanta. I mean, he just really has has struggled coming back. Um, but let's get into the standings here. The Tampa Bay Rays continue to just dominate. They're 57 and 34. The Baltimore Orioles, one of the surprises at 52 and 35. The Toronto Blue Jays at 49 and 40. The Boston Red Sox at 49 and 41. And the, uh, rather, the New York Yankees at 49 and 41. And the Boston Red Sox at 46 and 43. You're above 500, Kev. In the basement. Yeah. Ten games out of first. Orioles three games out. Blue Jays seven games out. Yankees seven and a half out. The Rays sit on top. The Minnesota Twins, 45 and 44, leading the way. The Cleveland Guardians, a game in back of Minnesota. They are at 500 at 44 and 44 for the first time since the end of April. Wow. The Detroit Tigers, six games in back at 38 and 49. The Chicago White Sox, 38 and 52, seven games, seven and a half games rather, away from first place. The Kansas City Royals at 25 and 64, 20 games out of first. In the AL West, the Texas Rangers, again a surprise to me anyhow, 52-37. and 37, They lead the Houston Astros by three games, Houston at 49-40, and 40, the Seattle Mariners at 43, uh, 44 and 43, seven games out, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim seven and a half out at 45-45, and 45, and then the Oakland Athletics 25-65, and 65, just a shade behind the Kansas City Royals for the worst record in the American League. 27 and a half games in back of Texas. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves, 59 and 28, leading the Miami Marlins by nine and a half. Miami at 51 and 39. The Philadelphia Phillies at 48 and 39, 11 games back. The New York Mets, give me the Mets, at 42 and 46, 17 and a half games out. The Washington Nationals at 34 and 54, 25 and a half games out. In the Central, the Cincinnati Reds continue to just be on top and really play well. They're 49 and 40, leading the way in the NL Central. Milwaukee one game and back at 48 and 41. The Chicago Cubs seven and a half back at 41 and 47. The Pittsburgh Pirates 40 and 48, eight and a half out. And the St. Louis Cardinals still cannot find their footing. They're at 36 and 52, 12 and a half games out of first. In the NL West, the Arizona Diamondbacks another surprise, 51 and 38, leading the way. A half game out of the Los Angeles Dodgers at 50 and 38. The San Francisco Giants, 47 and 41, three and a half out. The San Diego Padres, nine and a half games out at 41 and 47. And then the Colorado Rockies, 34 and 55, 17 games out of first to finish off the NL West. That's the way things look in Major League Baseball as far as the standings go. Uh, one thing to mention again about the Cleveland Guardians is that Emmanuel Classe, who was uh, selected by Cleveland or from Cleveland to appear in the All-Star game along with Jose Ramirez, he will not be doing that. He's actually going to be heading back home, I believe, to the Dominican Republic is where he's from. And Emmanuel Classe will be doing that because his wife is currently in labor, or, or I should say is not in labor, but is having a tough pregnancy and could be in labor uh, soon. So he is heading back home. Certainly the right move to, for him to be with his wife uh, after the season's first half wraps up tomorrow. Take a few days, head back home, 
and uh, and certainly hope everything goes well for the Class A's. Um, yes, the Dominican Republic, courtesy of Mandy Bell. She covers the Cleveland Guardians. So, Angel right-hander Carlos Estevez will replace Class A on the roster. And uh, this is a different Carlos Estevez, by the way, than Charlie Sheen. Um, so, there you have that. Get me inside of that one. Charlie Sheen portrayed not Emilio Estevez, his brother. No, Charlie Sheen's real name as, as Emilio was an Estevez. Charlie Sheen is Carlos Estevez. I didn't realize that, but of course he yes. took Martin's name so Correct. we could be getting into Hollywood. And, and, and he became Charlie. The more you know. Thank you. You got it. Charlie, uh, rather Carlos Estevez and Emilio Estevez. Yeah. The brothers. That's right. Hermanos. CC. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I went to the Bluffton Room. Have you been? Never. I will occasionally go to Captain Woody's and sit on the porch on Thursday nights and listen to Jevin Daly. Big fan. Big fan. Thursday nights, dad band, him and, uh, you know, um, his buddy. Anywho, I look down from the, the porch and I see who else but the Bluffton Room every night. It looks like fancy food. Is it's it fancy? Very good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it? Does it smell as good as it's date? I mean, oh yeah. As it smells. Oh my. Oh my. It's... Are the people in there fancy? Well, people I, watching. I was debating on wearing a suit, and a, a suit jacket anyway. I'm glad I didn't because nobody was wearing an actual jacket, and it's hot. It's understandable. I feel like it's the Palmetto Bluff but crowd. You know, it's the folks that are. It's very nice. Yeah. Went there to have a belated birthday celebration. For Sam's sister Kelly, and uh, I got the elk loin, loin of elk, which was absolutely delicious, and it came with a bunch of veggies and and fruit on the side, um, duck, fattened carrots, um, which I guess wow. just means it was like oil or duck duck duck, duck fat duck fat is chef's like, gold like con. Confit carrots could have been um, had grapes. There, there were you know some some uh, some greens on the plate to go with the elk. It was outstanding. Sam got a steak. A, a bunch of other steak was was had by by the party. Um, but I, I went with that elk. They, they had a really really good um, special that I thought about getting. Um, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head at the moment, but I went with the elk, and I will get it again. It was absolutely out of sight. It was so good. Uh, that, cognac, bread, great classy meal. Um, you're you're going to be throwing down some dollar bills if you go to the Bluffton Room. It is, it is very, very fancy, very nice. The staff was terrific. Um, I will definitely return. For a, for a really fancy date night. It was really good. Um, Lucky Beach as well. I'm going to be hitting Lucky Beach up again soon. That's that's great. That's where the old Carabas was on Folly Field Road. That's, now we're all, all the way back on the Hilton Head. Correct. Of course, the Bluffton Room is in the promenade in beautiful Bluffton, South Carolina. Yes, sir. You know it. Um, so that's just some of the, the food that I've been indulging in recently uh which which is really good again 
going to be heading to to Lucky Beach soon, and uh, really enjoy. What's a uh, what's on the food ventures for you? Well, while we're talking, I'm food, back on this diet, Marcus, where I'm counting the carbohydrates and I'm counting the calories. And I'm counting the days when I'm off the diet. But for now, I'm doing it, and I'm in it, and I'm doing it. You know why I'm doing it? Because I'm in it. And that's about, you, you know, I've just got to get the mentality right, and I'm doing it. That's because I'm doing it. It's because I'm in it. There we go. About a week, week in, right? They're about, they're about, yeah, it's, again, you count your carbohydrates, you count your calories, so it's a lot of, uh, you know, things that don't have a lot of carbohydrates or a lot of calories. Right. It's going well. And uh, you've got a concoction that you're, that you were working on. They call this the Keto Hut Chocolate, so I'm trying to get the MCT oils from the uh, coconut oil to feed my brain things that are insightful about sports. It's 80 calories of, uh, this is almond milk, is about 130 calories of, uh, you know, what do they call that? Coconut oil? A little cacao powder. I like to put some lemon in there. Fake sugar. Delicious. <laughs> there you go. Um, is there anything really NFL-worthy that you want to talk about? Oh, by the way, the Jets and the Browns. I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but the Jets and the Browns are playing in the Hall of Fame game in, uh, in Canton. Oh. Just a matter of days. Speaking of Hall of Fame, Aaron Rodgers. How about that guy going ahead and uh, punching his ticket? I think it's a great you know opportunity for the game to... Ha- it's going to be a national game. Yeah, absolutely. That game on NBC on August the 3rd, oh, by the way. Do they have a date for Army-Navy? I know that's in uh, Gillette this year. Uh, let's go to college football and see if uh, it typically is, I think, the second Saturday in December, but I can check on that. There is one other note of college sports that I want to get into, but we'll check the um, – where are you now? NCAA football. Let's check and see. I feel like sometimes I'm a distraction, just taking you off the rails here, Captain. No, it's it's all good. It's all good. My curiosity, like the cat that uh, walked peaked. off the ledge. Yeah, you know, it's a hot tin roof this time of year. It really is. Marcus, the Bluffton Room, would you go again on a date? Or would you go again, like, is there a special occasion that makes you say, I want to spend that kind of money? Like, is that a once-a-year place is really what I'm saying? Oh, it might be. A little bit more than once a year, but it's got to be an occasion. Yeah, I—I I mean, I—I I put down a good a good amount of money on on my meal. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely something for an occasion, uh, a very special occasion. And it's Saturday, December 9th, three o'clock. CBS Army currently is favored by one and a half mm. over Navy. Go Navy, beat Army. Go. Go Army beat Navy. I have family on both sides of it. I just look for a good game out of this. You say it's at Gillette this year. To my knowledge, yeah. The best a man can get. <laughs> um, so there, there is that. I, I looked at the uh, first few weeks on the schedule. We touched on some of the games that are really good the first three weeks or so of the schedule. More games are going to be filing out. We're going to find out the broadcast crews and that type of thing. One thing to note, Todd Blackledge has moved to NBC. He's going to be doing Big Ten football with Catherine Tappan and Noah Eagle, the son of Ian Eagle. And no, it's not Ian. It is Ian um, for NBC. So Sean McDonough is going to be looking for a new partner, whether that's Dan Orlovsky or um, maybe Robert Griffin III, somebody else, you know, to do the Saturday night um, college football primetime. They, they switch back and forth between ESPN and ABC. 
but a lot of the crews as of now seem to be in the works. We're inside 50 days to go for the college football season, about that for the NFL as well. And then there was one note that I wanted to talk about with uh, news from college basketball. And that is something that involves the Duke Blue Devils, if I can find it. North Carolina, come on and raise up. Take your shirt off, swinging around your head. Spinning like a helicopter. Thank you, Marcus. You get me. Absolutely, that's a great song. Well, what's not to love about Petey Pablo? This one's for you. No, this one's for who? Us, us, us. us. Um, I can't seem to find it, but there are some things that are going to be happening with the Duke program uh, come the next couple of weeks in towards their, their fall and whatnot in terms of their coaching staff. And um, here it is. Will Avery named assistant basketball coach. Thank you for the assist, Kev. Don't thank me. Thank the good people in the internet business. <laughs> so Will Avery named the assistant basketball coach. Uh, John Shire announced this on Thursday. The hiring of former Blue Devil Will Avery. Avery started Duke from 1997 to 99, has spent the last four seasons assisting with various aspects of the program while completing his undergraduate degree in African-American studies. He left Duke after his sophomore year as the 14th overall pick by the Minnesota Timberwolves in the 1999 NBA draft. So that's, that's great stuff. The hire comes after new NCAA rules went into effect July 1st that included the addition of two full-time on-court coaching positions in men's basketball. Duke searched to replace assistant coach Emil Jefferson, who was hired by the Boston Celtics as an assistant coach, is still ongoing. Emil Jefferson had a great career at Duke. Um, you got a good one there in Emil Jefferson with your Boston Celtics. I love a big. Avery said, and I quote, I'm extremely honored and excited to be part of the staff of Coach Shire. Duke, our fans, and the city of Durham has held a special place in my heart since I was a teenager. Duke is a family, and I feel at home. I want to thank Coach K for giving me a role in the basketball program four years ago, and I'm very grateful that Coach Shire is giving me the opportunity to begin my coaching career at Duke. The second time, and that's end quote, the second time all ACC pick and third team Parade All-American in 99, Avery led the Blue Devils to a national championship game after a 37-2 record that included both the ACC regular season and tournament championships in two seasons at Duke, where the team was now, uh, with now, associate head coach Chris Carrowell. Avery played in 74 games, averaged 11.9 points, 3.8 assists, shot 46.3 from the field, marks the first full-time coaching position for a college uh, for Augusta, Georgia native who played 142 career NBA games for the Timberwolves, later played professionally overseas. Following his retirement from pro basketball in 2012, Avery returned to his hometown and established the Will Avery Basketball Academy where he trained and mentored youth basketball players. He was th uh, one of then the school record first four Round draft picks in 99, joining number one overall pick Elton Brand, number 11 pick Terejan Langdon, and number 13 pick Corey Maggetti. The record was later tied during the 2022 draft. Brand, Maggetti, Avery, 
were the first Mike Krzyzewski coached players to leave Duke early for the NBA. And this courtesy of GoDuke.com. Nice. Go Duke. That was some nice writing there by, uh, who's, who's, they didn't try the writer there. They did not men's basketball. quote the writer. Very great, well done great there. Great job, writer. Go Duke. I'm not sure if that's the actual team. Is that the actual university? I'm sure. They certainly have the brand down there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, I think it's got to be. Whoever's running the website over at Duke, great by job. God. Yeah, I can see where the money's going. Outstanding. Yeah. Oh, off the hook. If you get an endowment in public colleges, you can have things that sound like that on your webpage. That's right. Do we? <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about? So my Red Sox have a better record than yours, but I'm pretty sure at this point we're sellers, you're buyers. I thought at some point we'd go after Shane Bieber. That'd be a fun name to say in Boston. Uh, now it I'm thinking, be, yeah. you guys want Kenley Jensen? You want to spend $12 million on a pretty good closer? Uh, I, think uh, we're, I, think, I think we're good. Uh, I, I think we're good. All right. We've got Class A. He's, he's not having the best year, but he's... He's pretty damn good. All right. I'm just saying, at some point, my hide will be at broken. Least that, at least that's my take on it. I mean, you're not taking our Chris Sale contract, but you're welcome to this. You know, come see the fire sale in a couple weeks here. Fire sale. We're going to have a fire sale. This is for sure. Any any news, NFL, that you want to get into? Love to see where D-Hop goes. That'd be fun. No major injuries yet. Um, it's kind of the boring season in NFL, right. but uh, hopefully people keep their health, work out. Lots more high school football uh, talk and coverage courtesy of WHHI-TV. I'm, I'm the lead on that. And uh, Media Day coming up. More details on that as Bob Stevens will join me with that coming up here soon. Uh, so we'll get into that when we get into that. Thanks. If you, if you, I just want to jump on Marcus before we kick it. I, if you're a kid playing football, I know sometimes because we cover the local sports, we get the local kids. Uh, Marcus and I have been covering sports for a long time. For the love of God, yeah. when your coach says to drink and hydrate and get you know some salt in you, um, we used to work with this guy who won rings up at Penn State, Big Daddy Z. Big Daddy Z, Chuck Zapek. And he'd always talk about how, you know, the way you don't get sick, because you can get sick out in this heat. Right. Um, you got to get some vinegar in you. That was always his thing, apple cider so- vinegar. Soy sauce, apple cider vinegar, but Gatorade. Electrolytes. Water. Salts. Yes. Specifically and intentionally putting salts in your body while you also hydrate. Because when you put that much water in your body, you got to make sure you got salts in there too. So the point is, kids, get out there, do it right, listen to coaching, um, be as safe as possible, tons of water, but also get the salts. No doubt. Nothing like the salts. Miss you, Big Daddy Z. No doubt about that too. Um, and shout out to Emily Zapek, his daughter. I've, I've had a chance to get to know Emily kind of well over the last couple of years. She's, she's one of a kind as well. Whenever I think of her, I think of... Big Daddy Z, Chuck Zapek, and that certainly was his, this, that was this, his time, this time of year, definitely thinking of Chuck Zapek for sure. Thanks so much to Larry Jackamot. Thanks so much to Tyler Brown for the voiceovers, the tunes. Thanks to you for listening. Kevin, anything else to add? Thanks for letting me get, again, Chucky, you know, getting his uh, soapbox on there. Because he was, for sure. all the great things he was, he was rarely a soapbox guy. But he always wanted people to uh, be safe, and that was... One of the many gifts he gave us. Without question. For Kevin Libby, I'm Marcus Walsh. Thanks so much for joining us as we've been talking about very similar... uh, uh, (laughs) We've been talking about very old faces in very new places. The same old faces in very new places. I'll get it. That's a wrap for this edition (laughs) of the Marcus Walsh Show. We'll see you again soon. Until then, so long, everybody.